everyone, and we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintrown. How are you doing this week, Seth? I'm good. All right. We don't have a that big of a show this week, kind of a slow news week, but there's still a few cool news items to discuss, and then we're going to jump into you guys' comments. So make sure to put any questions or topics you want us to discuss related to the fascinating world of the transition of the automotive industry into electric transportation all right let's jump in starting with the cyber truck update speaking of electric transportation that might be the most anticipated electric vehicle in the world right now please history the, yeah in history and based on the reservation number alone that's uh there's no clear there's no official number since like i think like half a million or something but um the tallies they put it close to like 1.4 i think right now so that's uh that's not nothing uh, Elon commented on it during an interview with the Tesla Owners Club of uh, Silicon Valley this week, and uh, he uh, he was uh, he was asked about uh, any updates on the truck. He, he says uh, we need to get on that. Speaking <laughs> of the cyber truck production, at least the design is finally locked. We got carried away with the design uh, with design updates, but now it is locked. So this is this is something that uh, actually. Elon has commented several times before, like when he unveiled uh, uh, the production prototype in 2019. I mean, it was a polarizing uh, prototype, but loved by many, many people. But Elon said that, like, as usual with Tesla's uh, kind of uh, modus operandi for, for product launches, they, they unveil the prototype and they commit to the production version being better or, or maybe cooler uh, then the the prototype itself, because in the industry, that's uh, that's a trend that's been happening for a long time, where the an automaker will unveil a prototype of a production future production unit, and the prototype is ten times cooler than the actual vehicle. My best example is the is the Volt prototype that he unveiled. I think it was in two thousand nine or something. And when the Volt came out, it was so much uglier than the the. It, it was like kind of a muscle car. The, the prototype, yeah. such a cool looking vehicle. I'd argue that the Nissan Aria is also a you know a huge step down from its original uh, prototype. I mean, the prototype was super duper uh, futuristic, and the new one, you know, the one that's actually being made is kind of looks like a Nissan Leaf. Yeah, well, I mean that's harsh. Though, <laughs> though, you still probably wouldn't take it as a as an insult since you're comparing it to another of their designs. But um, yeah, I mean uh, the the Cybertruck. Elon kept saying that there was going to be some design update. There was this some discussion at first about making it bigger, making it smaller with with, with the size that's straight fitted in the average garage. Uh, they kind of gave up on the plan of making a smaller version. They were talking about twenty percent smaller. Uh, sounds like it's going to be about the same size that it was originally unveiled, which is a it's a decent sized truck. It's kind of deceiving the size of it because of uh, of the lines. Like it doesn't have traditional, obviously not traditional pickup truck lines. So it, it, the you know the like the highest point is the peak of of the like the triangle before the. It goes down to the bed, while average truck is just a flat top. So the dimensions are different. But yeah, um, that was given up. But lately, we've heard of different uh, updates to the designs and features, and especially the, the rear the rear wheel steering was added more recently. A bunch of the other things was added more recently. We, we know that the wiper system has been something that uh, was going to be changed from what we've seen in the prototypes. 
So this apparently all of that is now locked, and now Tesla is moving to actually producing that final design. Uh, then he was asked about the production timeline update, and he said mid-2023. So there was some hope on, on, until now that it was going to be early 2023. Now it sounds like mid-2023. He launched it about 12 months from now. And uh, we've, we've known that recently um, Tesla has acquired the Hydra, new, the new 9,000, I think it was 9,000 pound, the new world record, went from 6,000 pound, the one used for the Model Y, die-casting machine, to now 9,000 pounds. We call it the Giga, Giga Press now. So yeah, a new timeline for the Cybertruck. It's still vaporware for a lot of people, like uh, since it's been delayed so many times, and I get it. But uh, this this is something that Tesla is going to bring to production. There's just no no doubt about it because they need something in that segment. That segment is just too important to accelerate TV adoption in the U.S. And even though they've been beaten now quite significantly in terms of first to market by by Rivian, by uh, Ford, technically GM. Uh, with the, the Hummer, know, yeah, all like, oh, fifty of them. Yeah, I don't know if it counts. Though I, I bet that GM's gonna might beat them too with the Silverado. Yeah. Like I don't know when it's that's coming next year, but it's not. Uh, if it's during the second half, they would beat that too. So Tesla needs something on segment. They can bring it to to production. It's just I. It might. I, I'm not convinced by that timeline either because this Tesla itself has been clear that there's going to be some big things that they need to do to bring that thing to production with the exoskeleton bodies and Elon also these comments sounds more and more like the they are reminiscent of the 2015 comments about the Model X 2014 2015 like oh we're packing it with features like and all that and they go like here, you literally said we got carried away with the design update and the features. That's basically what happened with the Model X, and that delayed that car too a lot. You know, we talked to a, a former Tesla executive at um, a Bloomberg New Energy Finance thing, and um, he told us that um, Elon was micromanaging the uh, Cybertruck mm-hmm. in the same way that he was micromanaging the Model X, and that you know came in late and. You know, there's tons of features that weren't quite ready for prime time when it came out. So I think the fact that he's doing the same thing with this one is is going to make it so much cooler. It's going to be crazy cool, but it's also going to uh, take take a long time to get there. And like that kind of brings me to the next thing: is what is this thing going to cost? Oh yeah, that's a good question because like we we've lost the spec on that thing, we lost the pricing on that thing since like now over a year at this point. So Tesla really needs to update us about what what this what the specs are going to be because uh, that might it's not going to be forty thousand. That's for yeah, sure. that, no, definitely not forty thousand. And uh, that one point four million reservation holders, like you can see a a lot of them drop. I think when the pricing update comes and. Uh, because uh, I, I still talk to some these days, like oh, I, I, I have like two in reservation because they are so cheap. It's like yeah, they were so cheap in 2019 when you can also buy a Model Three for forty thousand dollars and a Model Y for fifty thousand dollars. Right now they start at sixty two thousand dollars for the Model Y and uh, forty six for them for the Model Three. Uh, it's, it's, this the, this is gonna be starting at sixty thousand dollars in my opinion, yeah. if we're lucky. Uh, and that's going to be like because Tesla is going to try to make like a bare version of it that's going to be super simple to manufacture and it's going to they're going to try to manufacture in a high volume obviously 
So, which is a good thing. It's all it's all a good thing. But still, sixty thousand dollars is not forty thousand dollars. And uh, I, but at the same time, you cannot blame them too much because we see what's happening about the, with the Ford F one fifty Lightning right now, and that's a forty thousand dollar truck too. That's supposed to be, but uh, good luck getting your hands on one at that price, or even that one that's uh, less than a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and they're going for double uh mm-hmm. on the black mar- or not the black market the, <laughs> the gray market or the the resale market as resale. is as is the art rivians and as is uh hummer you know the the auction sites are usually getting around double the uh retail price for that all right uh this this was just uh just happened this this morning the uh, hen hands autopilot is coming back uh, so for those who don't remember, that's uh, kind of been discontinued, at least well, in the U.S. and less so in Europe and this other market that's been brought back a few times, especially as an upgrade, uh, just because the full self-driving package is not that useful in other markets. So you want to split the features into a more accessible price of $6,000, uh, so not that much accessible. But yeah, uh, this is a kind of a strange move here with for, for Tesla because the this basically guts all the features, the useful features right now, uh, arguably useful feature of the full self-driving capability package, which is $12,000 package. So the navigate on autopilot, auto lane change, auto park, summon and smart summon are all going into the enhanced autopilot for $6,000. So you can you can upgrade the autopilot. If you, if you don't know, the autopilot is now uh, included in all Tesla vehicles. So that's... Um, Auto steer and um, uh, traffic aware cruise control. That's included. You pay six thousand dollars more. You get navigate on autopilot, which, to be fair, is not uh, that much different than the regular, just the regular autopilot. It's just it's gonna like take uh, your off ramp and your on ramp when you need to. Like it's basically it's basically that, uh, and and puts you in the right lane when needed. But that's also what auto lane change is. So. Auto lane change is useful. Like that's that's definitely one of the most useful feature I think in that lot right there. Because when you're driving on autopilot on the highway, if you can switch lane automatically, it's it is helpful. Though I do it, I don't know about you, said, but I do it uh, with the I say when to do it though when, with the turn signals. I don't let it do it automatically. Yeah, the, the turn signals are kind of annoying because uh, I don't necessarily want to go around so what we usually do or we did before the re- most, most recent update is we put it on not navigate on autopilot we just put it on the regular autopilot um oh but that then you, you what you should do put it on navigate autopilot but yeah. choose it that it doesn't do auto lane change unless you confirm it with the turn signals okay so that yeah, if you do it just straight up navigate autopilot automatic uh, lane change, it is annoying because sometimes like it would like I'm don't get me wrong I'm a hundred percent to you use the left lane when you're passing and everything for sure. But sometimes it takes bad decision where you you're passing a car but you're gonna pass two or three cars at the same time and it, it's not worth going back right away into the right lane because you're about to pass another car. Yep. So, so it, it, you actually slow down traffic by switching lanes, slowing down, going back up. Like it's not, it's not a good way to drive. Um, so for things like that, the, the, it's not there yet, and I, I don't like it for that. Also, it takes uh, sometimes it takes a while to go back into the right lane after passing a car, 
where, where like if if you have someone like pushing you in the back uh, on the left lane, it's not ideal. So there's a lot of things I don't like about that. But yeah, but the fact that you don't have to get yourself out like here's the real value of auto lane change. You don't have to get yourself out of auto steer to change lane. You just have to press the turn signal. So the car is still like it's it's one less thing to worry about. So that I like a lot. Uh, but yeah, I mean the off ramp. Most of the time, I'll just I'll just take control. Uh, same for the on ramp. Summon, summon. I've I, I've yet to find a good use for it. I'm sure, like I've seen a, f- a few good use for it. I know Set, you have one. I know uh, uh, people uh, uh, in wheelchairs uh, love it because you can. It allows you to park in much tighter areas. Um, you obviously need a full open doors when you're going out uh you're you're going in and out of your car if you're uh wheelchair bound there if you have a puddle of water you don't want to step in you can make your car go forward or backward a little bit it's things are full like that but it's not that useful still but still <laughs> with all that said that's basically all the most useful feature that are now in instant pilot you have to pay an extra six thousand dollars to get the full self-driving capability package which right now all it gives you is traffic light and stop sign control, which uh, very minimal use because this is not like auto steer on city street, which is coming soon. But obviously, it's it's just in beta right now, and you, you need to be accepted in the beta. And for some people, it's very hard. <laughs> some people stuck at what eighty ninety one. I just 91, checked. Yeah. Ninety one. Um, so yeah, it, it, there's right now there's if you you're not close to get well and that's a thing you don't even know if you're going to be close to get into the fsd beta unless you have maybe like insurance Tesla insurance maybe you have an idea of your safety score and everything but there's no value really there's no six thousand dollars of value from upgrading to an from enhanced to pilot to full self-driving capability now since this came out well i mean this came out today, but I think Elon kind of hinted that was coming like a few days ago. People have been speculating on like, what's the reason behind that yeah. move? Does it, does it mean that full self-driving is going to be coming soon? Or does it mean that Tesla is actually losing confidence in full self-driving? And now, because that's the thing, like people, that, we don't know the take rate for the full self-driving package, but we know it's not very high. And, and that's Especially with $12,000. Yeah, because it's twelve thousand dollars, and and the only the, the only value in it is how confident you are in Tesla delivering on a f- full self driving system, and that's solely based on uh, what what Elon is saying and what uh, we see from the full self driving beta right now, which I, I it, it, this is kind of a weird like very weird thing for me because. You, you see what a lot of the, especially the early adopters, people that were giving access early, what they say about it, what is great. And you see what more like less invested people are saying. And now I have it. I had it for like two weeks now. And it is an extremely impressive technology. It does ex- it, it, it extremely well. Uh, it it, it perceives its environments extremely well, detects things around it very well. But the step from that to a real level four, level four full self-driving system, it's super hard to see when you, when you drive again. Like I, I used it last weekend and uh, I tried to get from my my new place to a restaurant without any driver intervention. And this is country road driving, then um, then a little tiny bit of city driving, but like a tiny bit, like maybe like two kilometers or something. 
and it did super it did relatively well on the country road maybe like four or five uh stops intersection one on prototype left turn like it, it was hesitant at time like if someone was like at me at the intersection they're like this guy drives weird like it's, it's like it's not like, it, yeah it's not a good driver yet but it's uh, relatively safe like i wouldn't be stopped by a by a cop for what the the car did the car like respected the rules of the road but then we hit uh a roundabout <laughs> and not in a like busy area in a fairly simple roundabout and uh it, it just it wouldn't go through like and you know when a roundabout like, you have to like take your place at one point and it's just it wouldn't go through so you're saying it drives like an american like like a United States driver that don't know how to do roundabouts. Roundabout, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I haven't actually had that much experience in roundabouts in the U.S. You guys don't have that many. In the no, US, we I don't. Yeah. We actually have a few in my town, and uh, you can tell the uh, the people who aren't locals really have a hard time with it. Yeah, we're not used to it. You know what was strange to me when I was driving in Mexico? They don't use roundabouts the same way. Like people that are in the roundabout, they are they the one stop. who stops. I know it's so weird. Like, like what is that? <laughs> you just defy the whole What's purpose. The point? Of it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's everywhere in Mexico, but that wasn't in, in Baja, California, uh, Baja, California. I feel like Baja, they Baja saw Street. roundabouts and they were like, "Yep, we're going to do that," and they didn't really get the whole point. Yeah. So I mean that, and I know that Tesla is working on roundabout for FSD, so that may be improved. But but even without that, even without that, like they they are like it's so good at seeing its environment, taking a decision on what it sees, not so good, and it's it's hard to see like the progression from that to a full self driving system in any time soon. Maybe it's gonna happen, but when? I think it's still like if if so. Twenty October twenty twenty was the first uh, FSD beta. Yeah. So we're already over a year and a half into it. Like if that's where we got from uh, twenty October twenty twenty to now, oof! Like I feel like we we at least need that much time to get to like as safe as a human on um and and is that enough to actually be accepted as a, a level four system? I don't know, yeah. But uh, I'm just not encouraged about that timeline. Yeah, it's also interesting that you mentioned going slow through intersections. Um, I also experienced that when I was uh, trying it out. Um, some people have said, I think uh, Tyler Ogren, who we've had on the show before, and I'd probably call a uh, full self-driving bear, uh, has theorized that people are hitting the, the accelerator as they approach uh, an intersection so that it doesn't slow down as much as the... Uh, yeah, yeah, that, like- that's something now that I believe uh, truly that uh, some some of the FSD beta, the popular ones that are posting videos on social media right. a lot, uh, some of them, I, when they say no driver intervention, uh, you can it's it's because I I didn't I I did it I not not in that test right that I did I tried to like just not do it at all and it, it is super annoying to drive like that because it is super hesitant. You can just press a little bit on the pedal and then. It, but then you're taking the decision, not not right. the car. Like you're saying, like yeah, you should you should go right now. You're safe to go. Uh, if the car doesn't know if it's safe to go, like we have a problem. Yep. Yeah. Or if it takes that long to figure it out. Yes, that too. You got people behind you honking. 
so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like throw a lot of cold water on it because it, it is extremely impressive what they do with a car that's in the hands of consumer. Because I've seen super impressive things from Waymo, from Cruise, but they do it with a vehicle that there's, it's never going to be in the hand of a consumer because they, I don't know how much they cost and um, but they have a ton of technology in it that's just, it's, it's not like Tesla. Tesla is doing it with cameras and a system that's super power efficient. Where where you can you can use it in just an average well average electric car or it's Tesla vehicle. I'm not saying it's average, but like you know what I mean. It's a, yep. it's not it's not a car that uh, uh, someone poured like a hundred thousand dollars in equipment, extra equipment in it to to make it work. Um, so that's yeah, impressive it in itself. Doesn't look like the Ghostbusters on the roof, you know. It looks cool too. Like yeah. you don't you don't have uh, some crazy sensor suite all around it, but. So it is great. It's just the path to full self-driving and full, like, I hate the terminology around it now, a true full self-driving system that it's hard to see right now. Yep. All right. Uh, The Texas Bill Model Y, uh, we we suspected that there was a price increase on it like there was on the rest of the lineup earlier this week. That was confirmed, confirmed through Tesla now making it available through its uh, new inventory on its website. So depending where you are... uh, I saw a few in California, a few in Arizona, a few in Florida too, and make it to the West Coast. So it's not just in Texas anymore for sure. But uh, a few of them, uh, Texas, Bill, and Hawaii, I've made it all, all over uh, the US and it got a $2,000 price increase. So production started two months ago. It's already $2,000 more expensive. So start at $62,000. You see here, like this one is. Uh, 60 uh 65 500 500 but it has the bigger wheels and it's black uh, the white one is the standard should we uh read into anything strange about it only being sold in warm weather states with that with the new batteries or is that just a coincidence because they're it's coming out of texas no i would think that's my that probably a coincidence right now i wouldn't worry too much about that like uh it's so closer to texas or florida is not that close but Still, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't read too much into that. It's just more about the availability of it. Like um, this is, we know that production is still very, very slow in uh, in Texas right now. At Gigafactory Austin is Elon said that it was losing billions of dollars right now because they they cannot ramp up production. They are limited from the forty six eighty cells production, and the, he always mentioned the structural battery pack separately. So it might be some issues with actually building the packs too. Uh, regardless of having the cells or not. Uh, you made that comment several times over the last few weeks. Uh, but yeah, uh, but they, there's enough that looks like they satisfied the employee demand for it because they were only offering to employees at first. They moved to people that have mobile Y-owned orders and are relatively close to the factory. And now they are making a few of them available on the inventory website. But we know also like they're just, they're just trying to deliver them as fast as possible by the end of the... Uh, by the end of the year, uh, not the year, the month, because the, this is the end of the quarter right now. All right, uh, next one. Oh, yeah, the VPP. Tesla has launched uh, the official virtual power plant that is coming to California, and this time is a real one. <laughs> so a few months ago, or last year, actually, at the end of last year, Tesla launched a VPP. So if you have um, Powerwall in California on the PG&E network, you, uh, you were eligible to to just participate in, in, in a virtual power plant, but it was as a volunteer basis. Well, this is also a volunteer basis, but it was uh, no compensation. It was just the uh, goodness of your art to 
help the grid and and also prove, I guess, the efficiency of the system, though I don't think a lot of people question that, to be honest. They just don't know, really. Um, but yeah, if you're not familiar with the VPP, it's it's you, you use distributed energy storage system, in this case, power walls that are behind the meters, and you pull from multiple of those systems, you, you pull power uh, at what they call an event or an emergency event where the grid is the demand is too strong and the grid cannot provide, and uh, you can have a potential for brownouts, which are not uncommon in California and on, on PG&E's network. Um, so with that, those those um, if those power have the capacity, they can send energy back to the grid and get compensated for that. So they didn't used to, but now with this new program here, the official VPP, uh, they can. And it's not uh, it's not cheap today. Paying two dollars per kilowatt hour. So if you're familiar with your local electricity prices, I'm sure it's uh, much lower than two dollars per kilowatt hour. I mean, here I pay like nine cents per kilowatt hours, so two dollars would be crazy. But in California, it's more like closer to twenty to forty, and sometimes like cents per kilowatt hour. So it's it's still a big uh, a big difference in prices. So it shows you like that that's how much they need that energy during those events. Uh, they didn't release uh, any data on like the frequencies of events or anything like that, but they did release like some kind of idea of what you can see. So like this, for example, like this this. Uh, with your system so if you can go if you have power walls right now in california you should be able to go into your your uh, your app and in in the section for the power wall and go uh, click the virtual power plan with the pacific gas and electric company and tesla knows your system knows the size how many power walls you have and everything and uh, they can tell you how much you can expect to make uh, from an event so like for this customer as an example uh, you can make 58 dollars per event for seven events um the way it works, you have a bottom limit that uh, Tesla, um, I guess it's not Tesla, it's PG&E, um, that PG&E cannot go and get into your power wall so that you can still use them for backup power if there is an actual brownout <laughs> and, uh, uh, or like uh, if that's what you use for like you, to, to get some energy from your, uh, your solar or whatever. So you can say don't go lower than 20%. And then with that 80% of the rest, they won't get it unless they really need it, unless they're in an event. You get a notification that, oh, there's an event coming right now that the grid is expecting that uh, it's going to need more power. So they give you the details of the event, and then they get the energy uh, out of it, and you get compensated on your PG&E uh, monthly bill. Tesla said also that there's about 50,000 power walls that are eligible for this BPP, which gives us an idea of how many power walls are installed uh, well, not in California on PG&E's network. With PG&E, is, that's the one that's uh, Southern? No, Northern California, right? Yeah. 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 They're the ones responsible for all the fires. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this, this, is, this is cool. Like, this is going to be one of the biggest ones, obviously, because, again, there's 50,000 po- potential power wall that can, that can join on this. Tesla has a big one in, um, in Australia, but I don't think it's that big. And uh, they are, in Texas, they are trying to get uh, approval from uh, HERCOT, the local um, electric utilities there, to uh, authorities for the electric utilities to approve such a system. So there's a big push right now from Tesla for uh, virtual power plants. I think uh, they, are st- they, they reach the scale now that uh, there's a lot of value in it if they start doing that. And obviously, the more deployment of energy storage system they can get, Tesla will, will truly uh, become kind of a decentralized 
electric utilities supplying grid services for uh, those networks. So this is this is super cool in my opinion. So I I uh, should have said something when we originally talked about this, but um, Green Mountain Power in Vermont, uh, where we have a, a ski place. Mm-hmm. And also some power walls has something similar to this, yeah. Um, where you actually get money, um, but the money comes from Green Mountain Power um, directly. And also, it's more like a disc. Is it not more like a discount on your power walls? They, like they don't do it like based on how much they give you a discount on your power walls. But oh. if you already have power walls, uh, like I did, they have it, bring your own power wall program. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just gave me a lump sum check, uh, you know, significant, like sixty eight hundred or something. Uh, to let them use my power wall, uh, basically as they want, um, until for, you know, for 10 years. So, you know, six, 680 bucks a year or something like that for 10 years. Um, and the stipulation is if there's a storm coming, then they don't use all my power, you know, um, but they basically, uh, every day I can see the power wall draining during mm-hmm. the high, high charge times so um it it like uh for you know for me since we got the referral power walls um it kind of pays for the installation and then some Mm -hmm. so for me it's a fantastic deal um and uh the you know i still get the backup power um unless the backup happens like right at the end of you know the peak and I've told them that, you know, I want to save like 30% of the battery for, you know, in case there's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, our Vermont place is really small, so it can go for like three or four days um, on uh, on the power walls alone. So unless we're heating a lot and it's really cold. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. It's a, it's, a, it's a cool way. But I think I think a version like this where you're specifically paid for every event, that's not like a lump sum. And then we get to do whatever you want. We want what you're with your energy it's not well i mean uh, at least um in vermont you don't have solar on it so it's like it's their energy that it's in the battery pack too but right yeah yeah okay it's just coming at like low low value times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but this is really cool i think we're going to see a lot more of those yep all right oh this was interesting you know Moss saying on, on the same podcast well, it's not a podcast it was an interview i guess on youtube uh with the Silicon valley owners club you said that they would consider Tesla starting to advertise in order to counter media bias. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would be an interesting discussion for us to have being, being in the media ourselves. Um, because uh, here's, I'm just going to quote him here because uh, I think, um, I think his logic is important. Maybe you should, maybe we should advertise because the traditional media will not run negative pieces about automotive uh, be- because Automotive is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, advertiser in papers. Tesla is basically free game. It's safe to say that if they run a negative piece about General Motors next to a General Motors ad, General Motors marketing executive are going to call them up and ask, why did you do that? We will we will be spending nothing with your publication next year. So I can say as a publisher that Nothing like that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do see General Motors ads on our site sometimes, and they've bu- directly bought um, some banner ads on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, and, you want a good example? Like right here, right now. I'm, yeah. all, I'm on our website here, Electric. We have an ad right here for the Electric Mini, and I can tell you right there, we've, we've, I'm not a big fan of the Electric Mini. Yeah, we took the Mini to the the shed and. <laughs> 
Like this actually, is, uh, it's not a horrible car for. It's, it's uh, not a horrible car, but I, I feel like it should have been a lot better than that. Like they, especially the, considering like the Mini E program from right. like uh, fifteen years ago. At this last last decade, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, this car should be like should have a way bigger pack, have uh, a lot longer range. Uh, more efficient too. So like we're it. disparaging the mini right here, <laughs> and th- there's an ad right there, and nobody's going to call us. It just doesn't work like that. But to, to his point, I'm sure it happens. Like I, I'm sure right. at times it does happen, especially uh, w- for like bigger publications where uh, there's a, a, a lot of direct ad spends. For for people who don't understand, for us, we do we do have some direct ad spends. Sometimes we add deals with 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 companies. Uh, did we have one with GM? Like I was, because he gave GM as an example. Uh, well, we had the Silverado, I think. Um, they spent okay. some on just on on banner ads, so yeah. it was it wasn't like you know a sponsored post or anything like that. It was just and you you hear us criticize GM a lot. <laughs> like it's not it doesn't it doesn't stuff us from that. Um, yeah, wait till you but, see the lyric review. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, um the so some of the bigger publication that have like a bigger team they have like an ad team that will like focus on like selling ads we do have that we do have uh, some people that works on us to 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 buy some direct ads but most of our ads are like this like this is there we have no control or we have some control but not that much on what kind of ad goes to because we it goes to google adsense uh, which is a great service like it's it it creates like uh, an actual like Chinese wall between the the, the publishers and, and and their advertisers because we don't have access to uh, the, the the just people Google uh, AdSense know that we have some real estate for an ad there and is gonna try to optimize and show the the person the best ad. So actually in this case it's trying to show me uh, Fred Lambert the best ad on this website uh, for me. Uh, it makes sense to try with an electric car because I do research a lot of electric cars and Google knows that. So we don't have that much of a problem with that. Uh, but what I don't like at all with Elon's logic in the first place, like if if he has issues with the media's coverage of Tesla, uh, there's a lot of things he could do before starting to advertise, I feel like. Having a PR team, <laughs> I know I'm a broken That's record on that. Step. I think a PR team will help a lot. And I know it's easy to say Tesla had a PR team before and there was a ton of negative coverage on it. Fair. But let me tell you, Tesla never had a, a real, like, well-staffed PR team. Like At its best times, I would guesstimate about maybe, like, 10 people max on it, on, on the team. Yeah. For, um, I mean, back then was maybe not a massive automaker, though it was getting a massive amount of coverage. So I, I know that at that time, it might have been more difficult for Tesla to have a big, uh, full-size PR team for an automaker of, of its size, but now it certainly could. Like now, it wouldn't. It would be a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of its budget, and uh, even if it, it's probably still wouldn't be able to handle all all of the co- all of the media coverage that's coming Tesla's way, it would still be able to help a little bit correct the misinformation around the company out there. So I think that would be the first step to help. But then beyond that. If your goal is like okay, we're gonna spend money with the media that are disparaging us, and like and because and my assumption is that they're disparaging us because we're not spending money with them. So now we're gonna start spending money with them so that they don't do it. That's just rewarding bad behavior. Like this, this right. is a terrible idea. Like I, I, I don't like it at all. 
Uh, well, it's, would, it's weird because he's saying this is a horrible thing to do. Yeah. We're going to start doing it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it's not the first time that he's mentioned that too. Um, but this time, what it, what it feels like more, and, and a lot of people like, have been commenting that, is uh, it feels like it's not Tesla that that he wants media not to disparage, not to, to write negative pieces about. It's him. Uh, right, it's because he's been the target more these days than than Tesla. Like Tesla, Tesla has done some done some not great things, like like any companies of that size do. Like it's not perfect for sure, but I most of the media, the bad media coverage that I see around Tesla is more about Elon himself and uh, is is public comments lately. Yep, and, and whatnot. So uh, to me, it almost feels like he's doing like oh, like I could spend some Tesla ad money and. I would get in the good graces of some of the media publication because I'm literally putting money in their pockets. Like this is not a good look, obviously. Nope. Just get a PR team. If that, if that's really a concern for you, like, because, and if you remember back in the day when he said that he was shutting down the PR team, he says he, he didn't want to manipulate the public. And he, so saying that implies that you think that the job of your PR team is to manipulate the public. Here's the thing. If you're right and if the company is good, you have the truth on your side, you don't need to manipulate the public. You just need to make sure that the truth is being reported. Right. That's that's all you need. And I, also, I mean, working in the media kind of got me delusional uh, a little <laughs> bit about, about like, uh, there's like, that's something that my dad says all the time. 50 per, 50% of people are incompetent. And I was always thinking, like, this is, you're exaggerating. It's not, it cannot be like 50% of people are incompetent. It's like, usually, it's actually about 80, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But the, now, the more I've been thinking about this, he's actually not wrong because, I, first of all, there's a lot of people that just do jobs that they don't want to do. And automatically, I don't, I don't blame them. You're not going to be as good at that job if you're not something you want to do, if not something you're passionate about. Like, I, I'm, I pity you if that's the case. It's, it's, it's a sad place to be. And so these people might, I'm not saying you're an incompetent person, but you might be incompetent in the job you're doing. And also I just, this famous phrase, like uh, I think it's George Carlin that said it, where I think about how stupid is the average person. And then think about half of the people are stupider than that. Like this, like this, this, you have that in every profession out there. It's just it's just like that. Every profession, there's dumb doctors out there, there's dumb lawyers, there's dumb journalists. Uh, so uh, keep that in mind every time you see, especially in the Tesla community, because people are quick to go FUD uh, shorts and all that. Most of the misinformation you see about Tesla out there, I would venture to say, most if not like fifty percent to most of it, it's incompetence. Like, yeah, it's like that saying: uh, "Never ascribe to uh, malice." Being mali- malice yeah. What can be ascribed to? In what incompetence? Or, or, yeah. yeah, stupidity. Good, good saying. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true uh, in my opinion. So, so a lot of that, the uh, a PR team could be if they have the truth on their side, they could simply like reach out and like this is not accurate. Like be careful. And we, we we've done yeah. that like, plenty was, of time. Like plenty of time we, we've misreported something and we have people reach out to us and like, hey, this is not correct. And you correct it. And like, of course, like I'm sorry, fucked up. My mistake. 
I'm uh, I'm fixing it. And uh, I, mean, I mean, we should also mention that um, we did talk to a former Tesla PR person who was operating in the PR function recently when it came to um, the uh, von Holzhausen. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a weird one because even back in the day when Tesla officially had a PR team, uh, Elon would would use them for other other things to more personally, like the Boring Company, for example, right. and, and things like that. Like that was a, that was a strange one, yeah. Especially considering that for for the correction on that article, like other other people directly more directly linked to, well, actually <laughs> claiming not to be directly linked with the company, reached out to. So anyway. Yeah, get a PR team, Tesla. <laughs> An official one. Yeah, and a, and a decent sized one that can handle the kind of volume. And get of- and get smart people doesn't necessarily need to be from a PR background. Can be engineers or whatever that can you know talk on behalf of Tesla yeah. and say, hey, you know, there's something wrong with your calculations on you know the battery or whatever stuff like that instead of you know the stuff that. You know, like, for instance, this recent thing, we were kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, the husband and wife team weren't, you know, acting together at all. Like, I'm sure there was something there, there. But, you know, officially, no, there was no connection. So we we updated the article and they got they got what they wanted. And and, you know, we we reported the, you know, the things that, you know, on paper as it as it exists as as we can confirm as we can uh, confirm but yeah i mean and a lot of the pr team's job too is 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 just to like okay like if there's because they don't know everything that's happening in a company that's a hundred thousand people in it delivering like uh like a quarter of a million car uh, every quarter so the a lot of their job is like to have a relationship with at least the more prominent journalists in the space because a, a, a lot of people in the space they just they just like reblog things and everything like uh, that's 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 how it works. So at least the the more like prominent ones where uh, the, the the information is going to be disseminated uh, disseminated is that the word? Yeah, just disseminated information. Um, so the, all, mostly they do like okay. I see something. Let me check it with the, with someone we would know at Tesla, and there there are like the in the go between between that. Like this, this is a very simple job to do. The problem is, like you said, someone that's authorized to speak for Tesla uh, in in those occasions. I, I think Elon wants to be the only one to do that uh, at times uh, or all the time. Fortunately, I Toyota is having a bad start with the BZ. 4x uh they are recalling <laughs> all the the, the vehicle that they uh they produce uh such a bad name right okay <laughs> uh, this has all the car mark, hallmarks of a car that they do not want to sell very well yeah, yeah. well even the wheels don't want nothing to do with this car because right. they are flying off or at least there's a potential for them flying off um yeah it's uh it's a problem where they detected the the, the problem with the hull bolts on the wheel and uh, it can loosen up and the wheel can already fall off which is apparently a safety risk would you imagine that weird and um so they're recalling them all the good news is that this car went to production two months ago most of the cars are not in the hands of consumers it affects about 2700 units uh, most of them in europe 260 in the u.s 110 in japan and 20 there's 20 of them in canada uh, but again most of them are not delivered to the end consumer also, we heard uh, 
today, uh, I think somebody had charged this thing and it was charging at a 150 kilowatt station and yeah, it charged uh, at like I, I Chevy speeds. Yeah, I sent an email on that. I haven't heard a response yet, but uh, we have to be careful about it because it might be the EA station too. Because right. like this was like not just bad; it was like an awful charge charge cycle. Like it made no sense whatsoever. Like you said, it looked like a, a Chevy Chevy Bolt kind of a cycle, which a Chevy Bolt uh, is capped off at what uh, fifty four kilowatts. Yeah, fifty four. When this one is supposed to be one hundred or one hundred fifty, I think it's a hundred. Hundred. There's two battery packs on the BZ. One is for the all-wheel drive, uh, and that strangely, the all-wheel drive one is made by Cattle, and it's uh, it's like the the worst battery pack. And then the two-wheel drive version is made by um, Panasonic, which we know makes great batteries, and uh, it's a JV between Toyota and Panasonic. So, if you're going to get one of those cars, maybe the two-wheel drive version is the one to get. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, we got an update on the tax credit for electric cars this week. Um, and from our good friend, uh, Manchin, Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia. Uh, Favorite. Very nice guy. He, uh, he has been the one basically holding up the Build Back Better Act because uh, the Democrats need his vote in order to pass the bill, which, is, which passed the House uh, late last year. And I mean, it's a giant bill, one point nine trillion dollars of uh, of things in there. But for the AV community, it's interesting because it also includes the reform to the federal tax credit. You know, seventy five hundred dollars that you get when you buy a new car, but has a limit of two hundred thousand units per manufacturer. Hey, another GM had in there. Nice. Don't say anything. Don't say anything about it on GM. No. Though you were actually like selling their their bolt for them just last week, thinking about buying two of them, uh, we we've been exposed. Like that's why you were saying that because we get the GM. well. You know, it's actually good to see them advertising the bolt because I don't think they do enough bolt advertising. Yeah. So, well, it kind of explained maybe the, the the we were just baffled by the price decrease. So, like maybe maybe they have issues selling them if they have decreased the price now. Some had spent on it. So, I don't think yeah. so. I think everybody I know is getting one of those. Yeah, I saw someone, I think, in the comments saying that they bought one because of what you said last week. Nice. Um, where's, my, where's my commission? <laughs> yeah, you were saying buy, you're going to buy them all and then try to resell them for more. So, yeah, to, the uh, the update this week, as I mentioned, said that uh, basically the the $4,500, so the $7,500 was the, the tax credit. The, the main goal of the reform of the tax credit is to remove that 200,000 unit lock on it because it's it's uh, put Tesla, GM, and uh, a lot of the automakers that were early in electric vehicle at a disadvantage. I also think Nis- to- Nissan, right? Yeah, Nissan soon, or at least, or maybe already, mm-hmm. uh, at a disadvantage. Also happens to be American automakers. So now the U.S. government is literally paying like uh, f- for foreign automakers to ship cars from other countries and to give them $7,500 when they get here. So... In order to rectify that, the the plan was to remove that cap and then just put like a, a time period where uh, the there would be an incentive to buy an electric car. Uh, five years was the the time period for um, the version that passed the house, but also included a few other things in that that uh, didn't make uh, it was a pretty controversial. Not everyone was happy about it, and the biggest one was on top of the seventy five hundred. You put an extra forty five hundred, a four thousand five hundred dollar credit on top, bringing the total twelve thousand dollars for if the car was made at an union f- 
factory. So an unionized workforce was building the car in the U.S. So that made it uh, two things where made it like, oh, you, you, there's going to be a bigger incentive if the car is made in the U.S., but only if it's made with the union workforce. So that put uh, Tesla at a disadvantage because they don't have a U.S. Work, uh, unionized workforce. Rivian now is producing car in an ununionized uh, factory. Uh, then there's Toyota. And um, it's basically everybody but uh, GM, Ford, and uh, Stellantis or whatever it is uh, now. Uh, well, Volkswagen. Uh, well, Volkswagen was not producing electric car in the U.S. Though they were starting now with the ID4 in Chattanooga. I don't know if Chattanooga is unionized, is it? No, it is not. Yeah, so it would be a problem for Volkswagen too. Um, so now, mention came out and said it's dead in the water. That that bonus is is done. The Democrats have given up on it. Uh, and um, now it's about the rest of the incentives. Uh, Mention apparently, like <laughs> I am, we're not a big fan of Mention. Obviously, he's uh, kind of uh, sold and bought for, for by the fossil fuel industry in West oh. Virginia. Uh, yeah, but um, but he's he's kind of making some sense with this this right. one though. Like the union extra dollars is the goal here is not to incentivize the purchase of an electric car is to please the union and which votes Democrats like this. Like, so that, so it's a hidden like bribe almost <laughs> to, but it's not, it, it, it's no way it's not made to incentivize electric cars. Now it also makes sense when you say that $7,500 doesn't make sense at all to either because there's a big backlog of order right now for the, for the electric vehicles. So why would you incentivize the, the sale of something that already there's more demand than you can produce for it? Which he's technically right about that too. Uh, at this point, it's not clear how much the $7,500 would help. Um, probably not at all at this time. Right. Uh, the, if, if there's full demand, then there's no... Yeah. The concern is on the timeline. So maybe maybe there is... Uh, like if, if the, the bottlenecks get figured out in the next two years... Maybe it would make sense, um, but not that much. It's hard to see a lot of value in it right now. The The value is more like fairness, really, because the gas cars that they sell right now, they don't have, they, they, they basically are incentivized by not having, not actually being taxed for the negative impact that they are on the environment. So having an incentive on the EVs, show that like oh this these are actually good environments so we incentivizing those so that makes sense to a degree but at the end of the day is it gonna get more electric cars on the road i i have my doubts at this point because sorry of how strong the demand is at the same time i would love to have it back on a twenty five thousand dollar boat and then you can get some lower income people actually buying some electric cars because they'd like be a, a lot, lot of cheaper. Cars. Yeah, right. they'd be a lot cheaper. So there's that too. And then also the upcoming Equinox, which is going to be thirty thousand. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. So there, 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 there's there's things to consider on that on that front. Um. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. But right now, at least the forty five hundred is dead in the water for the union made EVs. It's about more of like what they do in terms of removing the caps. Uh, there, but there's a, like uh, there's a few things they could do to to emphasize that, and I, I wrote that in my take on this article where it says, uh, um, right, 
right now it's accessible for people reporting adjusted gross income of 250,000 or less and 500,000 for joint fathers. I feel like they can bring that down a lot like uh, 250 half a million dollars that's uh that's a lot like they could cut that in half and that would make a lot more sense I think. Yeah. Um and they did introduce some cap on the actual price of the vehicles. I think that makes sense too. Uh, but the problem is that the price went up so much that like it's going to remove access to a lot of uh, of cars. Like I think fifty five thousand is the highest uh, it goes to now. Right, that takes all the Teslas out. All the Teslas, and like there's not there's not that many cars now that starts at fifty five, right. and uh, that's the also the, the, it's a retail price. I think I don't know if it's FX MSRP because because those are very different for some of the electric cars out there. All right, we're gonna have one more news item to discuss, and then we're gonna jump into the comment section. I know there's kind of a lot of comments today so if you can put questions in all cap before you write your question that uh, you want us to address that would be helpful but we'll try to get as many as we can what we're going to discuss actually this week is uh set you just went out to salt lake uh to check out the lyric the cadillac lyric uh your review is not out yet uh probably this week then the next week i mean yeah, we're going to do two. We're going to do the first look uh, this weekend. Um, okay. I, I went to uh, Park City, which is just outside of uh, Salt Lake, uh, with our video guy, Mikey, uh, who's uh, a local guy there. And um, Cadillac flew me out. Uh, we stayed in a you know off-season, uh, really nice resort. And they gave us the full marketing pitch on the, uh, the Lyric. Um, I can't talk about the... Um, drive experience but there's a lot of other things that uh we're going to talk about in the the initial post mm-hmm. um you know something to think about in this car is like it's for sure a cadillac like it's got a, a front end that nobody's going to guess like you know what is this car everybody knows this is cadillac um but they moved it forward a year um i don't know if you remember but um yeah. they they were like okay we got to get this thing out the door so that actually uh came with some issues um the, the doors are kind of like a, a Mach-E door, uh, for better or worse. And I think most people are going to say worse. Um, so they have a, it looks like, uh, you know, a typical door. You have to push the button and then it just pops out. And then just like the Mach-E, there's like a little latch where you hold on to and open it. But unlike that's the Mach-E. That's for the front doors? That's for the front two doors um, and also the back doors, but. The back doors, the back doors and the Mac they don't even have the push button. You have to go like in, in the inside. Yeah, same thing. So yeah. it's it's kind of like if Cadillac saw the Mach-E and they were like, this is the best thing ever, we're going to make it a little bit more you know, difficult to use. Mm-hmm. But we talked to the designers of it and they were like, yeah, we had to push this forward a year. Um, mm. Next year, it's going to have a better mechanism. Um, for opening the door. So, you know, all the, all these are sold and, and the people who buy them are going to be very happy with them. But um, there's some, they made some uh, compromises Compromise, to yeah. get this out the door. Another thing is uh, Super Cruise, which is, you know, for me, it's the easiest uh, level to uh, um, autopilot system. Yeah. Um, it's not available on here. Not yet. It's going to be coming in, uh, a few months they said as a software update, but out the, you know, when you, when people pick those things up and that's going to start this week or next week, it's not going to have access to super cruise. We weren't even able to test super cruise on it. Mm. Disappointment. Uh, but you know, again, Cadillac moved this thing up a year, so not all the engineering could have been done on it. Um, you know, in a year, all this stuff is going to work obviously. But, um, another thing is there's no heads up display. 
uh, most Cadillacs come with a heads heads up display. This one, uh, it has like, you know, if you're about to hit a car, it has like some flashing things, but it doesn't have, you know, the speed limit and all the other things for a heads up display. Even the, you know, uh, they drove us around in uh, Escalades, mm-hmm. which which is you know not not the best way to show off an EV, but um, they were like, hey, look, this is what it's going to look like, you know, next year. So um, that was kind of a problem, and it's going to sound like you know I'm talking about all the problems here, but um, I want to get like all the bad stuff out of the way. Yeah, um, the charge door was also like I think designed too quickly. Like it's gonna snow is gonna pile up on it. Um, it's got like a little stringy thing. You know, if they had put the the bolt uh, charge port on this thing, everybody would have been happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they over designed it. it you know, you got to push the Cadillac button. It it opens like a you know little motor that's going to break. So um, that's the bad stuff. The good stuff um, I can't talk too much about right now. But you know, just to say, like it's very Cadillac feeling. Like uh, you get, but we cannot talk about it because of the embargo, right? Right. Because like, the people are going to start speculating. Like, why can you talk talk about it? Is that are you paid for something? Yeah, it's because of that bolt <laughs> ad. Um, <laughs> No, it's just a, you know, like a Cadillac is a very quiet car. Um, mm-hmm. a, it's a very, you know, luxurious drive, like very soft drive. Um, as you would expect, you know, this is a similar type of vehicle. Um, it's got a ton of room. Um, you know, you can kind of see in that picture that there's a lot of space between the, the driver's seats. Um, like a lot of EVs, it's got a glass roof, but this one has a, a an electric um shade that comes across when you want to mm-hmm. you know when you don't want it to be super hot which was helpful in the uh, high desert where we were so there was it's 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 a great car like the people who buy them are going to love them at 60 whatever thousand um this year and they're moving to 60,000 base price next year so they were you know being honest there about trying to hit the 60,000 um it's it's going to be a great value, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, for for a luxury uh, sedan, so um, or luxury SUV. So fantastic car! People who get them are going to love them. There's lots of space. The back the back seat, um, I think, is designed for um, compatibility with China. So there's actually like almost more room in the back seat than there is in the front seat. Mm. But that's also why they can't do a third row in this one because the the back seat's kind of pushed back a little bit. But it's it's just a great car, um, and we Did had to get to ask them uh, how many they plan to make this year because uh, yeah, the whole we, like sold out in seventeen seventeen we, minutes. We asked them a number of times, and they would they kept on saying we don't talk about numbers. Yeah. So that was frustrating. Um, it was also frustrating that this we only got to drive the two wheel version, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, three hundred fifty horsepower, so no slouch. But um, the acceleration was similar again to the chevy bolt um when there's an all-wheel drive much heavier car right yeah um much heavier car much Mm -hmm. more horsepower but um the all-wheel drive version adds another 150 horsepower and takes a couple a second or two off the zero to 60 time so and it's only like 2000 something more so if i was getting this thing i would definitely get the all-wheel drive version yeah no, I mean, it's, 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 like they say, they don't want to talk about the numbers, but they're the one that were bragging. Like we sold them out in seventeen minutes. But like, I yeah, like, yeah, I, if you if you're making two thousand of them, that's not that impressive. <laughs> uh, 
Um, not saying that you're gonna make two thousand, but I don't, I don't know. We don't. We don't know how many they're gonna make. It was also a bummer. I you can tell from the the um, you know people on social are talking now. Every car was the two wheel drive, gray exterior, like light interior. Like every car is the same. There's like there's no red ones or blue ones or anything out there. So we're really early days in this thing. Yeah. All right. Should we jump into the comments? Yep. Let's move over there now. Let me just really quickly. Oh, wow. Perfect timing. Um, scrolling up. All right. Green Gold uh, jumped in before the show even started and said, do you have any idea what's wrong with Tesla's 4680 battery ramp? Seems like a disaster so far. I think disaster might be a little strong, but it does seem like it's slower yeah. than... It's a hard thing to do. Like uh, no one has uh, produced uh, volume, many tabless battery cells. So it's it's a whole new, it's a new whole new format, a new whole new technology, uh, and uh, and it's not it's not easy to do because it's it's you have you have to reach not only production volume but you have to have like a quality level. Because it's easy, like if you if you, it's easy to go bankrupt on on producing battery cells. If your if your quality level like are eating like below ninety percent, you have to like scrap a lot of the cells. Uh, you go broke pretty quick because uh, there's a lot of money going into that. But yeah, we don't know exactly what's the, what's the problem uh, with it. We know that uh, the like the the reach production uh, of a million cells at the Cato facility in in Fremont. But I don't think we're going to see any kind of volume coming out of uh, Texas. Um, I, I mean, the cars until they can actually copy that production system into a higher volume one at Gigafair Texas itself. So that, that they're working on that and they are producing some parts of the cells at Gigafair Texas. But I don't, I don't think they are producing full cells yet. So until they do that, we won't see much out of there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stefan Frockichar, a lot of. Yeah. characters there there is no mention of which design this is the cyber truck yeah. that has been shown is on the lock t- into production plan it's a good point uh we yeah, don't know I mean, which one in. it is yeah they didn't come in much on but we we know it's gonna look when you say designs i think you mean also all the features and so elon has been like talking about adding a bunch of features to the vehicle that it, he's never commented on yet uh so we I, I think it's a lot of that too it's not the design itself it's like a bunch of new features that's adding to it all right. Uh, the last question is: Would a re- or sorry, not the last one. The uh, next question is: uh, Would a recession slow down EV adoption, or the other way around? Uh, I mean, it eventually it depends on how long is the recession, really. Because if the recession, if we are in a recession right now, if the recession is starting right now and it lasts like twelve to eighteen months, I would say no, it doesn't slow down EV adoption. It's his last like two years plus, maybe it starts to have an effect on it. Uh, but we've peaked on the no- number of gasoline cars sold. There's just no way around that. We peaked, I think, in 2017. Like 2018 was a rougher year. Then 2019, electric vehicles started picking up a lot. So that affected them too. And then, of course, 2020, like it was. Uh, other things to worry about, uh, which have still been true to this day. At the same time, as electric vehicles are becoming more popular, so for sure, like there's no going back on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at one point, it's just the new, 
new car sales, like new electric vehicle adoption is also dependent on new car sales. If new car sales are doing badly, uh, eventually it's going to affect EVs too, even though right now we are uh, in, a, in a production uh, constraint rather than supply constraint, a demand constraint. So yeah, that's my answer. If it's less than 18 months, I think we're fine. If it's more than 18 months, I think it started to have an effect. Yeah, and there's such a big backlog at the moment that mm. you know, even if that does come down, it's there's still a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving forward, if Tesla is going to a single stack for FSD, then enhanced autopilot will be left over software. In other words, does this mean a single stack is near? Yeah, that's actually a very good question, John. And I, I want to mention something about that because. Even though right now it's not a single stack, uh, I feel like it's affecting my autopilot. Hmm. Uh, especially like the notification to like apply pressure on the steering wheel. I always have my hands on the steering wheel. I always have my hands on the steering wheel. But as you know, the sensor on the on the, on the steering wheel autopilot doesn't detect that. It detects pressure. So sometimes you have to just wake it up a little bit to make sure to, to let it know that you're watching or your hands on it. Uh, so that is useful to me. I, I would assume that that might be because uh, with the FSD beta, the camera looks at you and actually like pays attention to you. So maybe that's why they, they don't send you that many. It's not actually, actually the actual driving of the vehicle. So I, I do believe it's still like two stack, one stack for the autopilot on the highway, one stack for city driving. But um but yeah, I, I cannot. I cannot wait to have that as a single stack. I think uh, that, that I think that's going to be a great progress. But n- when I think about it, like, uh, would that make the regular autopilot antiquated? I don't know. Couldn't just Tesla use the same stack for autopilot, but just limits the features in it where you don't have access to the rest, but you're using the same software? I don't. I think that would be the case. No. Yeah, I mean, so you get autopilot for free, you get enhanced autopilot for six thousand, and then here's another question: Would do you think Tesla will let you upgrade from enhanced autopilot to FSD at oh, a later point? Yeah, for six thousand. Yeah, I think. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving forward, um, I don't see six thousand value EAP. Maybe two thousand. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen. All right, they charge two K for a point. Eight second boost from zero to sixty. That's true. <laughs> there right. are some people that are offering for for less than that out there. If you want, our old friend uh, Joe Boris is here. It says uh, it drives like an American. Uh, that's we're referring to the uh, is the quote of the day. We're referring to the um, roundabout. Um, do you think that's because it doesn't have enough data on roundabouts? Well, that might be the case. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I've been in California. I lived in California for a few years, and I don't remember that many roundabouts. No, there's not a ton there. And most of the, I'm saying that because most of the data is coming from uh, from California. Right. There's some people from LinkedIn. Joe was on LinkedIn. That's cool. Yeah, there's uh, quite a bit few mm-hmm. this time. Um, but there's not always context there. So, mm. anything new on GM Ultra Cruise? That's the uh, kind of like mm. going to level three, um, super cruise taking to level three, kind of using the. Mm. We don't really have any new news on that, um, but uh, the fact that super cruise isn't quite on the lyric is not a good sign. 
A question, even with the problems with the FSD, are you still feeling okay giving up Navigate on autopilot and Supercharger Network to get a Rivian? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not the reasons for getting yeah. a Rivian, but... Um, I mean, for for every, everything that has to do with software is keeping me with Tesla personally right yeah. now. Like, it, it, Tesla They're is ahead. so far ahead of everyone on that. And it's such a big part of your interaction with the vehicle that Tesla is nailing a lot better than most people. And it's not perfect, and there's room for improvement and everything. But like, you get into any other car, and you're like, oof, there's room to go. There's the Apple stuff that's getting exciting now. The new uh, car, uh, what, what, the, what are they calling? It's not CarPlay anymore, right? The the, the new software that they are. Oh yeah, it's like I don't know. It's the CarPlay full stack thing. Yeah, um, it's like Android uh, Auto, but for for car like for what Auto, Polestar, yeah. like what Polestar has, but from Apple. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there that that's going to be super successful because like no other automakers other than Tesla has figured that out yet. So I think you need that. I'm not a big fan of CarPlay. CarPlay is always a bit laggy for me, even for, even if I plug it in, like this uh, the GPS is always like just a little bit behind that. I just don't like that. Um, Tesla is on point with that stuff. It's keeping me in the FSD. The FSD is more like an investment at this point. <laughs> like where, like I paid. I don't remember what I paid for it. It was long ago. It was not twelve thousand dollars, obviously. But uh, like you're like, all right. I kind of like want to see where this goes at this point. But yeah, uh, it's not. It's not really what's keeping me in. The autopilot is what's keep. All, I mean, uh, I, I did. I, I used the Blue Cruise a little bit, uh, and I did like it. I did like Blue Cruise. It, it is. Uh, useful on the highway driving it's it's uh, does its job very well uh not quite to the autopilot level in my opinion but it's getting pretty close and um but uh yeah i haven't i haven't had a chance to try it like, did you when you when you just drove the rivian what, what, did you actually test did, did did they have the other version of the driver assist system in there yeah so yeah. what they have is traffic aware cruise control and lane keep basically mm. um so it just you know, you're on the highway, it keeps you in your lane and it doesn't hit the guy in front of you. And, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. But they, they have the same principle as Tesla where they're going to release more features over time because there's an extensive suite of sensors. On, on, yeah. On they have the a rhythm. huge camera array on that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, theoretically it's coming at some point mm-hmm. soon. Speaking of Rivian, next question who is going to produce the most EV pickups in 2023? GM, Rivian, Ford, or Tesla? I'm I'm going Ford. We had that question. So if you, yeah. Oh, yeah, Ford, for sure. Yeah. They're planning 150, and I believe them. Uh, Tesla, if they start mid-year, I would be surprised if it's uh, deep in the five figures. Yeah. Um, GM, same, same, same situation as Tesla, I think. And then Rivian, Rivian, if uh, they're probably going to, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't reach their 25,000 units this year. So ramping up from 25,000 to, I I just don't see them reading six figures in 2023. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think doubling is like the best you can hope for. Yeah, basically. All right. Um, Oh, wait, hold on. Question. I bought a cheap bolt. Nice. Thanks to your podcast last week. Dealer had one in stock, several waiting batteries. Great city car, but slow. 50 kilowatt yeah. DC is a problem. Range is the main hurdle for most people. Well, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, we did tell you about the 50 kilowatt DC. <laughs> so 
that's not on us. Um, yeah, it's not it's not a road trip car. It's just not fun to road trip on it because even if it has two hundred miles of range, uh, the fifty kilowatt is just it's pretty slow once you stop. So it it's good for a one stop road trip. Like I was just going to say that exact yeah, thing. Yeah. Like uh, you know, if you plan out a nice dinner or something, mm-hmm. you're going to be there like an hour and change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get most of the way back to full charge. Yeah. But but like um, I'm driving. Next month, I'm driving from uh, Quebec all the way down to Mississippi and then to Tennessee and back. And you, I wouldn't do that in a bolt. There's just no way. Right. Yeah, I mean, 260 miles will get you pretty far. And, mm-hmm. and GM's pre- pretty accurate with their estimates. Yeah, that too. Um, so that's, you know, uh, four hours of driving-ish. So I don't know. It's not, It's like, it can be done. If you do it a few times a year, it's probably not going to be the end of the world. Um, and the other thing is like uh they did improve the bolt uh charge curve so it's it stays at 50 kilowatts longer so you know with like the new batteries look, is that since the new yeah battery, the 66 yeah. they went from 60 kilowatt hours mm-hmm. to 66 kilowatt hours and that was just an lg upgrade um like, here's the thing like for for four low low new i'm not sure um with the price of gas these days like there's just there's it, 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 it's worth having like keeping your car uh if you if you still have a gasoline car like long term and just having that and removing like probably 90 percent of your mileage is going to go electric from that just the value you gain on that on like saving gas is, is massive yeah and like i've said it a million times the bolt is a fantastic car it's mm-hmm. like pretty quick it's it's uh super small so like you fit in like your garage really easily parking spots really easily um it's just like a great like mm-hmm. all-around uh, city suburban car. So go get them. All right. Except don't take the ones that I want to get. Uh, Andrew McDonald question statement. FSD has chance to make driving better than human because of dojo and automated labeling. All right. Yeah. But that's not a strong statement. Having a chance to be better than human driving. Like, so what do you think they will announce at AI day two in August? Sounds like the the robot thing is going to take center stage. I think. Yeah, and more so, I think maybe uh, Elon's going to talk more about uh, Tesla's involvement in a general artificial intelligence uh, project. I think that's going to be the case too, because we're hearing a lot more of that these days. Uh, and then uh, how that intelligence also fit into the car itself beyond full self-driving, I think. But honestly, like if like Tesla is going to have like this is uh, at least this is in September. They still have a few months. Like, I hope that by that point, like, FSD beta is, like, chef's kiss. Because, like, if if they go around, like, we have this humanitarian robot. We're going to deploy general artificial intelligence. We, uh, we're going to have, like, this, this uh, digital assistance that's going to work flawlessly. Now, like, all this AI stuff and everything. But they still have not delivered anything that they promised from the full self-driving uh, capability package for years. Like, it's like, well, okay, that's, that's all, that's all vaporware then. Like, or even if it's not vaporware, like even if they can deliver on that, but I haven't delivered on the FSD, like you're, you're, you're still in deep doo-doo. Um, so yeah, I want, uh, I really want to see first thing off, like improvement up until, uh, but it's not in August. It's in September now, right? No, that wasn't September. Uh, September, yeah. I think, yeah. September 30th, something like that. Um, it, it was moved. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Confusion. So I want to see improvement 
before then or leading up to that point. And then at the event, they should really much focus on self uh, on self driving and and how how they actually get us to a, a self driving system where they take their responsibility uh, from the driver and that they are the one responsible if the system screws up. Like that's what people want to see. That that's a real show of confidence that your your system is working. And um, and then if they show that, then yeah, man, show me some cool Tesla Optimus robot. Show me some some nice AI projects that's going to be useful for for not just the Tesla owners, but for maybe like everyone. Yeah, man, like lawnmowers that uh, that yeah, to, they could do that. Yeah, I mean that's that's right up their alley. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we I, we talked about the Maki recall last week. I think mm-hmm. didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sucks, but they're not really selling. We we right don't, don't. I'm assuming that they're gonna send us um, information once they have a fix for it. They haven't they didn't have a fix uh, as of last week. All right, Google Ponzi for the truth does not matter to the media. It's all about the clicks. Oh, that's that's such a cop out. Like, yeah. yes, some some media just focus on the clicks. Personally, if I get a lot of clicks, I'm happy with it. But to be honest, like it's it, it's not the main driver. Like I wouldn't be like if I wanted just to make money. Like there'd be other things that I could do to make money. Like if I would just focus on that. Like we are passionate. Like well, obviously we're different from the rest of the media where we are very niche media. So we are like reporting on something we're very passionate about. Um, but so yes, we we try to optimize for clicks. Obviously, like this is this is a business. You try to optimize for clicks, but that doesn't mean like this. The, the, the specific, the specific what we were talking about is like ulterior motive behind uh, negativity on Tesla. So that's what Elon is claiming here. Like, there's ulterior motive behind it, and there is some of that. There's no doubt about it. There is shorts are there trying to push some negative aspect to it that is not based on truth. There is uh, there there is media that might be influenced by. Uh, some organization like there's politicals or otherwise. Um, but for the most part, I think the media cares about truth. They want to report truth and they want to do that ahead of clicks for the most part, because I mean, I, I I'm speaking from my own experience here. If I report something and it's find out not to be true, that hurts me personally a lot more than uh, having like an article go viral and making me a few thousand bucks. Like if it's nice, don't get me wrong, but like I, I, I like the like if if where I feel is here, like if I get like an article that goes viral, like yeah, I go here. If I get an article wrong and I get caught on it, and and like I'm like oh this I, I screwed up so bad. I'm like what happened? My eh, I go like this, like way <laughs> way lower. So I, the focus is always on truth, and then yes, people optimize. I think for for clicks obviously yeah i mean i think the the big picture um is that yes we are motivated by clicks but Mm -hmm. those are clicks over time like this isn't a fly-by-night organization um and if we ruin our trust with our readership by doing clickbaity things then we're missing out on clicks in the long run so we're here for the long run we're here uh you know to be honest and and we we put our real names on this stuff Mm -hmm. so you know, some of some of the other like fan blogs, they don't have real names, and still, uh, still Elon. The, with, with Tesla, the worst today, like the very worst. Like I don't know name names, but the street, the street 
is so bad about Tesla. Like, go right now, go on the street, okay? Everyone is listening and type in the search bar Tesla and look at the headlines. Non, you get zero information from, and you don't know what you're clicking on. Like, it's it's just like Elon Musk uh, said something provocative. Like, but that's literally the headline. Like, it is, there's no, they don't tell you what is that thing provocative. Like, it's all that. It's, it makes like, this is obviously, that's where you see clicks before truth. But that's, I think that's the exception of the rule. There's a lot of exception, obviously, but I think the, the rule, the majority, they want the truth before they want the clicks. And like Seth said, the clicks will come from the truth too uh, over time. Yeah. All right, uh, the Jose says Elon Tesla should just hire Seth and Fred. Done. Uh, Done. You know, like yeah, at one time oh, they were trying to. You, you yeah. were interviewing for that job like a long I, time. Ago. I, I was kind of just. You were like entertaining the idea of right. it because you like Tesla, but you're like, uh, this is yeah. like to insert uh, Jose. Like, no, I, I think both of us would turn that down pretty quick. Uh, you you would you you need a very particular person to be uh, good at, at PR. Like we're both too a little bit too uh, controversial, I think, for that. To uh, yeah, you got to the uh, company line pretty hard. Yeah, to the company line. I'll say also like patience. <laughs> I would say I'm not a very patient person. So, all right, real quick, Seth, were you able to get a look at the Velis Electra? That's the airplane uh, at Florida State. I did not. I'm sorry. Uh, Fred, instead of giving incentives to EVs, they should remove subsidies from fossil fuels and fossil fuel vehicles. Absolutely. Everyone agrees on that. But the thing is that that's so much harder to do, politically speaking, than than, uh, than just incentivizing that your car is more. It's uh, it's, it's a bummer. All right, Andrew McDonald, question. Do you think ads on your site uh, may be determined by an algorithm? Yes, I do. And Mm -hmm. not the decision of the OEM? the OEM kind of put some stipulations in. Yeah. So Elon's comments were centered around unions giving money to current government. Uh, not those particular comments. Yeah, I don't know if those were related. Uh, for sure that union does spend on ads too, so that, that that can be a problem. But I think he was more specifically talking about like, uh, like for example, like Motor Trend. But mo- like that's the thing. Motor Trend is a big like media publication, and Tesla's never spent any money with them. But they're still they 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 got them on another thing. Though they were the one of, if not the only, major publication where Tesla would actually give exclusive uh, access to an exclusive yeah. to the publication. So, so Tesla plays the access game with media. Yeah, so. which is just as effective as the as the had spending game. Really. I would say almost more. Yeah, especially when it comes to Tesla, almost more because Tesla is again a lot of clicks. So you're like, eh, right. if I get an exclusive on Tesla, and then do you think Motor Trend would be really happy to would be really willing to put some negative content, and then Tesla will take away their their exclusivity access? Right. So they're already playing that game. Yeah, they it, were before. It, <laughs> you got to think about this a little bit deeper. I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, There's so worlds. Nebula seventeen oh one is talking about the uh, Cadillac Lyric. It sounds like he also looked at perhaps the Chinese version. Uh, we've seen the Lyric doors since the concept sketch in 2019. 2024, we'll have all the missing tech. Maybe he's a a Cadillac uh, employee or something. <laughs> they made at least a hundred through though through uh, May for the pilot line. That's when we're talking about the volume. All-wheel drive version has a few things missing, like the rear-view camera mirror and a few other small options. 
So he knows some stuff that uh, we didn't really know. Red ones are in China right now for review. If you want to get on a plane, uh, I don't know if China will have me, to be honest. Uh, how did the materials feel in the lyric? And that's something I really liked. Um, they All the materials were really good. Even little things like the, um, the fan um, buttons were like metal and they clicky and stuff. So... Uh, really premium stuff inside the Cadillac, as you would expect. Uh, we're getting toward the end here. Question, I've taken the Bolt on a bunch of 400-mile road trips. By the third stop, you're sick of the charge rate. That sounds more like a statement. How, how do uh, you get three charging stop on a 400-mile road trip, though? I guess maybe if it's cold and you, you, don't, oh, yeah. tr- you don't trust the range too much, I guess. I don't know. Um. New plug and charge is a nice feature. That's something we didn't talk about, but um, a big deal. Um, and we will talk about it more. We were actually trying to get um, GM or um, EVgo to comment on it. The problem is, is the bolts have plug and charge for EVgo, but the bolts EVgo bolt the bolts plug and charge won't work at Electrify America, and vice versa. The Porsche, Volkswagen, and Ford Mustang uh, plug and charge won't work on EVgo yet. And they both say, well, ask the other. So we're trying to get an answer on that. And like, that's really bothering me yeah. that they're going to screw around like that. All right. Uh, let's see. Last one here. Uh, question any comment on MME Alexander's post holding ESG Raiders fleet to the fire in as much as. They set the upper bar to institutional investing before the floodgates are released for them to buy Tesla. That's a lot of. Uh, I don't know like, who's M M Madam Alexandra. I assume I don't know who that is. I haven't seen that post. So what, what I'm trying to understand here the the, the question. So the the question is so, so the allegation from the the post is that the ESG raiders are like downgrading Tesla in order to invest themselves in it or like to have institutional specific people that in the know invest in Tesla and then they're going to increase the rating so that the money comes in. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like uh, that, that's kind of a conspiracy, conspiracy. like uh, not, not impossible though, especially in the financial world. Like that's, that that's like, uh, that's basically the norm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like the SSG stuff. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like those ratings things. Like, I don't, like, I don't, if you're gonna invest in something, do your own research and see if the company is for the greater good more than the, than the, they are bad, and uh, then make your own, of course, financial analysis of the of the company. I don't, I don't trust any SSG raters. All right, last question: uh, Is the Chevy Bolt battery pack liquid cooled or air cooled? It's liquid cooled, mm-hmm. um, which really makes it a lot better than the. Uh, Nissan Leaf, which is air-cooled, and now it's a little bit less expensive. So really kind of... Buy, buy ads with us, Nissan, if you want if you want us to be nice to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Aria is, you know, got <laughs> no, just right, That was a long show this week. If, if you're still listening right now, I appreciate you a lot. You're one of the real ones, a true electrification warrior. Uh, we're going to... Uh, if you if you do like the show, please give us a thumbs up or a like or whatever app you're listening to right now. If you're just listening on your podcast app, if you can give us a five-star reviews, those help the show tremendously. We appreciate each and every one of them. And uh, we're going to see you same time, same place next week. Have a safe weekend. Bye-bye.